This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Right, hello again and welcome to this, the second podcast of the 23-24 season. Here, thank you for tuning in or watching ShrimpNet. Um, as with most seasons, we have a, a host of uh, victims to, sorry, uh, but new players to interview. <laughs> and uh, our new custodian uh, sounds like he could be a, a member of the Mad Goalkeepers Club. Uh, so let's try and find out tonight because our guest... Uh, joining us after two eventful games is Stuart Moore. Stuart, welcome to Shrimpnet and welcome to Morecambe Football Club. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, chaps. So, um, where do we start? Well, the, the easiest one is uh, Walsall at home last Saturday. Uh, 4,609, which was slightly more than we were expecting. Uh, Walsall turned up probably with big expectations, 1,300 away fans. Uh, and a completely new team for them, just like it was a new team for us, Joel. But um, I'll say, game of two halves. I thought we were good in the first half. They were better in the second half, but we nicked it at the end. Good old Faz. Yeah, I think we started the game really, really well. I thought some of the moves that we were putting together, I know it's early in the season, and I think they'll they'll become more frequent as as the team kind of and the, and the attacking players we have begin to gel. But I think we already kind of we already kind of started to see some of the slick passing moves that players like, you know, McKinnon and Mare and, and Bloxham and, and Mellon and King, they're all able to kind of link up going into the into the attacking third. And I think, obviously, the, the, the pick of the punch was the move that led to the goal. It was lovely, you know. It was it looked like there'd been a bit of work on maybe that was something that we could look, look to do is get the throwing going down the line. Bloxham being the big guy he is, you can use his frame to kind of yeah. turn the man, lay the ball inside, work a little bit of work a nice little passing move and then Adam Mayer comes in on the overlap and it, and it was it was really nice to see kind of a bunch of really talented young players linking up in that kind of a way and yeah I, I don't think Walsall had much of a kick in that for, in, in that up until they scored really and I, I, I remember just having a quick look at the stats we had more possession which uh, who would have thought it already <laughs> already at the start of the season we're booking the trend but uh, yeah I thought it, it, it was really impressive and we, and we looked pretty solid and then their goal it just kind of comes out of the blue a little bit, really. I think I'm not entirely sure that uh, whoever it was. I think it, they're, they're number twenty five. I can't. Yeah. 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 Hussey. Oh it no, was it was a great player. No, it will. It wasn't Hussey. It was number twenty five. He was the but the, the the midfielder. He was. He, who I thought I, I thought he had a good game incidentally, but he didn't really. I don't think he really meant it, and it was kind of. I think it kind of caught everybody off guard, really, that ball in behind, because I'm not sure he really was thinking, oh, yeah, I am going to whip it in behind for Danny Johnson. I think he was just trying to boot it up the line, and it's kind of caught. And, you know, when, when things like that happen, it, it's hard to read. And Danny Johnson, he's a he's a predatory striker. He's probably one of the best finishers in the division. He's gotten in behind. He's he's, he's reacted it quickly, fair play to him, and he's tucked it away into, in, into the corner. So I think from that point, you've got to give credit to Walsall. They kind of sorted themselves out a bit. They took the momentum from the goal. They brought it into the second half. I think they, they were generally on top in the second half without really creating any chances, which I think we I think is credit to us and how we defended and making sure that they, you know, they didn't have many easy goes at goal. Uh, I think we'll, we'll ask Stuart about this in a minute, but obviously Danny Johnson's gone in and hit the post. He reckons you've got on the touch. What? Yeah, uh, a lot of people have been saying this to me. They're like, oh, no, you didn't get a touch. You didn't get a touch. If you ask anyone sat on the bench because they had the perfect view of it, they'll tell you I definitely got a touch onto the one on the post. And Good lads to it. You claim that as a saying, mate. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm an honest lad, so if I didn't get a touch, I'd be telling you I didn't get a touch. But it was a it was pretty vital touch. Um, I think you know at the time as well, it was one all. I just really didn't want to go behind in that game because, like you say, up until their goal, we were on top, and then that gave them a bit of confidence, and you know you can sort. Of, Obviously, yeah, we, we played very well first half. I think we played well second half as well. I just think it was a completely different opponent that came out. Like I say, they had that confidence. They were growing into the game. So I don't think it was the fact that we didn't play well. I think we played, you know, very well throughout. I think it was more the fact of 
you know, they got a bit of joy and they found out, you know, how to break us down a little bit. So it was more us sort of, you know, keeping them at bay. And obviously, yeah, Faz popping up at the end with the winner was obviously, uh, you know, the icing on the cake. But yeah, I think, you know, so far, the way we played has, has been brilliant. I mean, in both obviously the Walsall game and the Rotherham game, I think throughout we've we've shown we can defend. Um, yeah, obviously we look at the goal and and what we could do better um, next time. But I think, you know, overall, I think the lads have been brilliant so far. I think also credit to Derek for the substitute, uh, for the little tactical shift as well around, I think it was around 70, 75 minutes when they were playing the back three, obviously, Walsiri. And then, and then he brought in Don Love, played as a, as a middle centre-back, which was I don't think we've seen him play before. And I thought that <laughs> swung the game in our favour because he is he's technically good. He's got an eye for a kind of a line-breaking pass. I think he's looked good on the ball in the middle of the park when he's when he's had a, a game. I remember he played there against Wickham last season. He was good there. He, I thought he looked impressive there for about fifteen minutes. The the fifteen minutes he played there against Wigan in pre season in the middle of the park and and this I, I thought it was clever from Derek to kind of have that get that spare man at the back, but also it gave us a bit more control on the ball. And I thought that took that then gave us a bit more on possession. And I think for those last fifteen twenty minutes, I thought. We crept back into we, we we put Walsall a bit more on the back foot. I think we managed to wrestle a bit of control from them, and yeah, they, they weren't as effective. They yeah, were they weren't as effective, and and yeah, I thought love in that in that role as a middle centre back. It I thought it was really effective, and then obviously, of course, the master stroke really came though with the triple substitution as we were taking a free kick, uh, which of course was exactly <laughs> <what> Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I've always kind of had a bit of a theory about this because uh, when Obviously, the opposite, especially when you get to the end of the game, they've all they've all done preparation work in, ahead of the game. I'm sure, but then as the as the game goes on, they kind of know all the danger, the kind of the danger men who they're meant to mark and everything, and they've kind of got an idea of that. And then suddenly, it changes a little bit. You've got a big lad like Jordan Slew coming on, and I remember just watching watching the free kick back. It's a hell of a delivery from Adam Mayer. At the Ooh, same time, yeah. it was, uh, but also as well, Faz and 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 and, and Songo that. They're not that tightly marked, and I think I want. I do wonder if the, the, the triple substitution just threw them off a little bit, and they were trying to have a bit of a rethink. But that saying that, you can't take away from the the delivery from Mayer. It was absolutely fantastic. And then Songo unlucky not to score, and then Faz does extremely well to contort his body a little bit and just, <laughs> as we all know, stick his head in where it hurts, which uh, I think we all know by now he's very willing to do. I thought there was there was a little bit of irony. Uh, first of all, in as you said, the going to three at the back, sticking Donald Love between Jacob and Faz, and literally there was there were three and a half thousand people in the Morecambe and looking at each other going, "What the f-? you know?" Because but it worked because we we suddenly created the width, um, you know, down yeah. down the side, then dropping back, you know, and I, it, I it, think it, it was the outlaw. The control and the ball that he offers as well, and and the ability to kind of play those, yeah. ping those passes in between the lines and stuff, you know, it just gave us that bit of extra surety in possession that works. So when we want, because I thought, I think as Stuart said, Walsall were, were good in the second half, and the, and and when we got the when we won the ball back from them, they made it a lot harder for us to try and play out and get out get out from our own defensive. Yeah, they, they played quite a high line, didn't they? So yeah, they were quite forceful, but yeah. But the, the other ironic thing was that uh, you, you, we waxed lyrical about um, you know the creative players we got, and uh, our winning goal in the ninety-second minute came from the big, the two biggest destroyers we've got, Jan Songo and Big Faz, who spent the entire game winning headers, putting tackles in, pulling shirts, <laughs> and I uh, thought, but it was a beautiful delivery, great header by Jan. Uh, great save from their keeper. To be fair, he did really well to get to it and push it up in the air. And if I was any other fan, I'd have felt sorry for him. But as you say, when Faz knocked it in, I was happy. But come come to you, Stuart, with that one. Making your debut, um, first game of the season, um, you've been given the nod by Derek. That must have been, that must have felt, felt quite good. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, coming into a new environment is it's always tough. Um, especially, especially, you know, when you've got such a good goalkeeper alongside you as well with Adam Smith. Um, obviously, he's been at the club before as well. So, um, you're always sort of wary coming in. How's it going to be? You know, um, he's played a lot of games. He's experienced. How's the manager going to be? How are the boys going to be? Um, so I just knew I had to come in and obviously, you know, get my head down and work hard. And 
you know, as long as I did everything I could, um, then I'd give myself the best best shot at starting. But, you know, whether I did or not wasn't down to me. That was down to the manager. So, yeah, it feel, obviously feels very good to be given given that opportunity. Um, but, yeah, like I say, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Obviously, you know, a few, few match day nerves on the day um, going into it. Like I say, good crowd and that. And you obviously you want to start the season well, which we did. Um, but yeah, obviously enjoyed my first first couple of games so far, and looking forward to to hopefully playing a lot more. So we'll, we'll go on to uh, the Carabao Cup and our traditional trip to uh, the New York Stadium. <laughs> uh, uh, we seem to get we, we got them at the same well not the uh, the round after last year, didn't we? We'd beaten yeah, Stoke at home on penalties, and then we got rather away in the Carabao Cup. We actually won that one one nil, but. Um, there was a collective groan when the draw came out because I think I think that's I'm right in saying I think that's the fourth time we've drawn Rotherham in the 16 seasons we've been in it. So um, I think they've all come since 2016 as well. Yeah, which is bizarre, yeah. isn't it? Really? But, um, so it was a, it was a, a tough match, but again, watching it and watching it back, it was it was really a, a game of two halves. I thought we played really really positively in the first half and then defended positively in the second. Uh, and if that was a league game, I'd been happy coming away with a point goal. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's not. I think not dissimilar to the uh, to the Walsall game. Really, we we definitely start the better side. I I've just watched the game back, and and I had their commentators on, and they were kind of in agreement that we were the better side up until they got the equaliser. But uh, I think yeah, we just it, it, there there. I know they they had a few players missing, and they rotated a bit, but. You know, ultimately they're a championship side, and we were the better side for a good thirty-five uh, to forty minutes. Uh, we created chances. There were players linking up nicely again. Uh, Songo uh, done something that you probably wouldn't really expect. I thought actually, actually, throughout the, throughout the game, I thought he had a really good game. Both obviously winning headers, but also he was, I thought he was really pretty. He was really pretty sound on the ball as well. So, uh, and he showed that in in that yeah, kind of driving run. He's, I think we've won the ball back in the field. I mean, to, talking of which, actually, it's nice to see us scoring a few different types of goals, actually. That that first one against Walsall, that's a really slick passing move that we've kind of generated from in possession. We've scored a set-piece goal, obviously, for the winner. And then this goal against Rotherham, we've poached... Uh, Tom Blockson's poached the ball in midfield. He's got it through to Jan, and Jan's just driven up the pitch a bit. It's a really nice pass off the outside of his boot, through to Mellon, and oh, what a finish. Lovely, isn't it? Just angled into the bottom corner. It's not, you know... Not much to aim at, but that he's he's tucked it away really nicely, hasn't he? But uh, yeah, then they've got the, they've gotten the goal. They didn't. It just kind of again, it's one that's kind of just come out of nowhere. Really, it's a nice little move they've gotten down the side. Uh, balls bounced around the box a little bit, and they managed to get the, the equaliser. And then it did seem to kind of settle them that goal. And I thought, yeah. I, I, kind of similarly to what Stuart said about the Walsall game, like I don't think our levels really dropped off or anything. I think it was a fact more the fact that they kind of became assured, and the fact that the the, the championship quality players kind of started to shine through a bit. I thought they they settled on the ball a bit. They were moving it around a bit nicer. They would take, you know, they they weren't rushing the passes. They were taking a bit more time the ball. They were just trying to move us around a bit more, and they put the pressure on. But saying that, uh, there were. I don't think they troubled our goal. Yeah, they did trouble our goal a great deal. Obviously, Stewart's made it made a really nice save from a header uh, just at the start of the second half. But uh, definitely uh, got that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he got definitely got from that one. Yeah, but like, uh, but, there's no question about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, for the rest of the half, I thought you know they were they probably edged it for the rest of that half. But again, didn't create a great deal. And then we've got some fresh legs on at the end, and that. I had a pretty good chance to nick it at, nick, nick it at the death and it's gone to Bell. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, we got him for peanuts. Sorry, I have to do oh, that. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. Was, well, when was that going to come? Contractually obliged. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then, unfortunately, uh, unlike the Stoke uh, penalty shootout that you, you've kind of mentioned, unfortunately, Rotherham's penalty taker didn't feel like blasting the first, uh, the oh, first penalty of the shootout to orbit. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we started off on a bit of a back foot there. But yeah, it is what it is with penalties. That's how it goes sometimes. But well, drawing full time against a championship side, you know, it's, it's not the worst result. I think we've given a good account of ourselves. It's another good run out. It's another performance that gives me confidence for the season. 100%. I think, you know, you look at the game and very much, like I say, similar to the Walsall game. Um, we started off very well. If you take their goal out of the equation, 
you know, if we remain 1-0 up, everyone says, you know, how well we defended and how well we played and, you know, how well we kept them at bay. And obviously to say that they're a championship side, yeah, they might have had one or two rested, but there was a lot of experience in that team. I mean, I know the centre-half, Sean Morrison, and he's played hundreds of games. Um, you know, plenty of their players have played, you know, at top levels. They've played Premiership, Championship. Um, and for us to go toe-to-toe to them with them and, uh, you know, for majority of the game, I'd say we were probably the better side um, and probably could have nicked it. Obviously, you know, you do see their quality shine through um, at times, but, you know, I think it just goes to show what sort of depth we've got in our squad and, like I say, scoring different goals as well. We've we've got that physical presence. Um, and like I said, with Jan, obviously, yeah, he's known for obviously his battling and getting stuck in, but I think everyone in the team sort of has that, you know, that finesse as well, which sometimes, some players, you just don't see it as often. But, you know, obviously we see it day in, day out on the training field, but end of the day, you know, they go out, put everything into it, they they battle, you know, they, they win the win the battle and then that gives us a chance to to play the nicer football. So you know, fingers crossed you do get to see a little bit more of that this season, mixed in with obviously, you know, the horrible nitty gritty stuff that, you know, we need to do to to keep the ball out of the net. He means Derek Ball. That's what he means. I mean, so do it, do, I, I genuinely, I was just thinking that that's basically what I generally would like would probably describe Derek Ball as. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of gri- grizzly kind of getting your head in there and like winning your second winning winning your first contacts and your second balls and battling and bullying people out of the way a bit. But then, like you say, it, it's the, what the aim is is to do those do those dirty battles, then get the ball down in in those dangerous areas of the pitch and let your quality shine through and have people like Jan in the side to then be able to give a platform for well hopefully there are times when he can show his finesse going back to the uh that assist obviously in his first season with us uh, there's a goal he scored against Newport uh, oh, oh good absolutely. 30 yard <laughs> screen it's absolutely ridiculous oh, oh, <laughs> Stuart just just for your history lesson here Jan Songo in our promotion season three seasons ago he scored four goals and those four goals the uh, the entire yardage of all four combined was twenty eight yards. One was from twenty five, and the other three were from less than a yard. Am I right? <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. I remember hearing, uh, you know, in the first few days, I think uh, Jan and and uh, Slewy were talking about this, and Slewy's like, I can't remember you scoring that. So I think uh, I think you had to bring it up on YouTube for him. But I heard it was something special. To be fair. Yeah, it was. Well, I'm pretty sure Steve would have been in the ground at the time. That's shocking. I'd be very unhappy if I was there. It was memorable. <laughs> I, don't know whether, I don't know whether he was injured or whether he was just uh, not looking or paying attention. But yeah, I, I don't know what was going on with it. But I've heard from a few lads it was a, it was a nice strike. But I've heard it hasn't happened uh, too many times. No, the, the other three, I think one of them, he nicked it. Who did he nick it off? He nicked, no, no. He, he nicked a couple, to be fair. I think the one yeah. that looked like it was going in from Carlos. It came off the bar and then yeah, that, that person was about to head it in and Yanzo said, and get, out, get out of my way, bang. <laughs> but there you go. But, so come on to a young striker in Michael Mellon on loan, second loan with us. He did really, really well. He's obviously, he's obviously been in the gym all summer because he looks more like a man now than he did when he came last season and obviously we're in a higher division but um, he'll remember that goal for the rest of his life because that was some first goal in the football league Joel, that wasn't it not good to tap in that bugger yeah I mean it's a, it's a good three ball from Jan but then there's there's still plenty for him to do and he's you know he's He's on. He's on the run. He's cutting back across the strike itself. He's cutting back across himself. But the way he's just kind of took, kept his cool. He's not. He's not swung at it. He's not scuffed it or anything. He's not just thought I'm at an angle. I'm just going to smack it as hard as I can and hope that it finds a bit of what it sneaks its way past the keeper and or, or, or the keeper can't react. He's he's really picked his spot in the far corner and he slotted it right in. So it, it's a really impressive finish. But I think actually, I think probably something that might stick with him from that game as as a. As Stuart's kind of mentioned there is a you know going up against somebody like Sean Morrison who's played God knows how many games in the in the championship and 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 a good and a good few in the Premier League as well. So you know going against against somewhere like that, someone like that would have been a hell of an experience. And I think there was a moment quite early on in the game and uh, he's he's given uh, Mellon's just given Morrison a bit of a sh- a bit of a nudge in the back, shoved him off the ball, and he's got on that chance for McKinnon quite early on. 
which I quite enjoyed because you know it it, it didn't look like Mellon was the nineteen in that moment it didn't look like Mellon was the nineteen year old and Sean Morrison was the oh. God knows how old he is now but <laughs> I think that's the thing you forget how old he actually is um, or how young he is sorry because you know it's obviously since I've come in you, you see his touch you see him put himself about you know he, he's good in the air like he's a good aerial threat as well he holds the ball up well uh, like you say bodying uh, Morrow there is you know. It's not the things that you sort of expect when you look at him as a sort of a, a smaller striker, as a young lad. And he gets himself about like, he, you know, he really puts his body on the line, even when he's pressing the ball and charging people down. He can be a scary guy at times, but he's got that, you know, that, that finishing. His finishing has been unbelievable, to be fair. As you've seen it there, I've seen it plenty in training that, you know, that composure that he has when he gets on the ball to find that finish. I mean, it was a tight angle. And again, you know, Dylan Phillips, he's a very good goalkeeper as well. To get the ball past him the way he did, it was, you know, it was excellent. And like I say, he's going to remember that goal for a long time. So, you know, he continues the way he's been going because he's, you know, he's been doing very well. So we'll move on. We're going to, we're going to chat now about um, how you ended up at Morecambe um, and how, how that came about for a start. And obviously, uh, as we discussed off air, obviously you live... Uh, you live on the file coast, uh, so we we are handily placed. But um, you, you won't mind me saying this, but at twenty eight, you have put some mileage on your car, haven't you? Blooming neck. Yeah, um... eight, eight eight loans, fifteen clubs. I'm not doing the Jack Nicholas joke because it wouldn't. It's like you know, dear lord. I mean, yeah. uh, you you are, you've had some variable experiences, but I, I I noticed the couple of things that I did notice. Obviously, was that obviously you made a. He made an impression across the bay at Barrow. <laughs> but then obviously you went to Swindon, Luton, uh, originally from the Isle of Wight, originally Portsmouth, and then Reading and blah, blah, blah. I haven't got time to mention them all. We'll be here till tomorrow. So I've got an idea. What, what has happened? Stuart, are you at 28? You're, you're coming into your prime as a goalkeeper now. And we were discussing this before you came on, and you, you, know, you could easily have... It, well, ask Barry Roach. He played till he was nearly 40. So, you know, uh, you could easily have another 10 years at this. You're just getting used to your job, surely. So how did you end up at, 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 uh, at the Mazuma? Um, Yeah, like you say, I've, I've had a lot of clubs throughout my career. Um, it's It's been an interesting journey. And I think that just goes to show what football's like, really. It's it's very up and down. It's a it's a bit of a roller coaster, you know. It's... I spent a lot of time when I was at Reading out on loan trying to gain experience, which was which is obviously brilliant. Um, you know, when I was at Luton, it probably didn't end the way I wanted it to, um, and it obviously ended up coming up north uh, to Barrow and uh, and playing some football there. Which again, the club wasn't really in a stable position at the time, so ended up moving back back down south, uh, Swindon, MK Dons, um, and then. After MK Dons didn't actually have a club uh, for probably about six months, um, so I was actually living up here. Ended up signing for Wildstone, playing uh, playing two months. Just there. around the corner, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just around the corner, yeah. That was a that's probably one of the ones where I put put the most miles on my car doing that a couple of times a week. But yeah, ended up signing for Blackpool. Um, had two and a half great years there. Obviously getting promoted last season, not so great with uh, the relegation, but. I think it, you know, it, it got to that point where I wasn't going to get the game time, and you know, I needed to get away and obviously, you know, go challenge myself because, like I say, come coming up on twenty eight now, soon be twenty nine, I'm coming into my prime, and I need to be playing as many games as possible. So, um, yeah, obviously, more can be just around the corner. As soon as I heard about it, it, it was ideal. You know, I can I can stay at home where I'm living now. Um, and it was just a, it was an excellent opportunity that you know I couldn't wait to get started with really. So when 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 you did hear about the move through through Derek or or Greg or whoever or your agent or whoever it was, was it was it quite was it something that ended up happening quite quickly once the kind of initial bit of contact yeah. or interest had first been established? I, I think I found out about the uh, the initial um, the initial interest, um, and it's, it's like anything in football really. You sort of hear the initial interest and you're like. I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not going to go like too sort of, you know, too into it until I know, you know, until I've got an offer in front of me, basically. Um, and I think it was sort of to and fro in for a few days. Um, 
and then it all happened very quickly. It was right. Can you come in tomorrow? Can you sign? We start on Wednesday, and I think this was on the Monday, basically. So, you know, drove up on the Tuesday, and we signed the the papers. And the next day, I started on the Wednesday. So, yeah, like like most things in football, you sort of it feels like it's it's a while, but then as soon as the ball starts rolling, that's it. Like it, it all happens very quickly. So, yeah, it was um, it sort of went from zero to hundred real quick. Sounds like uh, sounds like typical Derek, to be honest, doesn't it? No messing. Not worrying about. Yes, you'll do. Sign now. <laughs> so looking at looking at your um, your family history is quite interesting. Your brother's a keeper. Your dad was a keeper, and your granddad was a keeper. So it definitely runs in the family. Are, are they all as tall as you, or are you the tallest, or what? How did it come about? This. Were we always destined to be a goalkeeper, or was it one of them where you were crap out and everybody showed you? Uh, well, most goalkeepers don't like running, so that's always always a bit of a part of it. But no, uh, to be fair, as a lot of the lads will probably tell you, I, I tell them I'm rubbish at running. But I think a few of them found out pre-season I can actually I can run, and uh, you know I think they were a bit worried pre-season with the running as well because no one likes being beat by a keeper, but. Um, it was always uh, I think it was you know obviously down to genetics always helps but it was never forced upon us when we were younger obviously granddad I never met but he was a he was a goalkeeper dad I obviously grew up watching for for many years and um, you know I remember him playing the game you know well into his 40s he come out of retirement a couple of times I think but obviously watching him when I was younger watching my brother when I was growing up as well and I just wanted to be like both of them, really. Um, also, love diving around, getting muddy. So, you know, I've always been very acrobatic and very sort of energetic. So, being a keeper was probably the best best position for me. But yeah, like I said, it was never never forced upon us. I just loved doing it. So as we got older, um, you know, realised we had a, a bit of a knack for it. And uh, yeah, we were always always training together, pushing each other to be the best we could. And you know, luckily, it, it sort of uh, figured itself out. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this now. I've been talking to you for about 20, 25 minutes and you, you don't come across as a... If I didn't know you were a keeper, you don't come across as a keeper because you doesn't like you've got a screw loose. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I think, I think you've got to, be, got to be a little bit crazy to be a goalkeeper. Uh, you know, flying flying out of people's feet, you know, being kicked in the face multiple times, broken fingers, broken... You know, you, you end up with all sorts of injuries. But yeah, I'd like to think I'm, I'm one of the, the more normal keepers. I've met a few... A few of the crazy ones in my time, but I'd like to think I'm I'm on the uh, the borderline of being being normal. Are any, you know, the crazy, are any of the crazy ones currently employed by Morecambe Football Club? <laughs> to be fair, I think this is probably one of the most normal unions I've had so far. So I think we're uh, we're right there. Although you could say, obviously, with Adam Smith traveling a long way in his car to, to obviously be in training every day. That's quite crazy, but. No, he's 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 very normal as well. So we're quite lucky here. But yeah, throughout my career, I've had a couple where you think, "Wow, you are really, yeah, you're really nuts. You you are what defines what people think." Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because uh, Baz uh, Baz Roach, um, who's a, a long time, obviously Morecambe favourite, and uh, uh, was uh, I'm sure he's told you the story that. that Derek Derek retired him when he got the manager's job by saying, "Well, you can coach the goalkeepers," because <laughs> he, uh, he Baz has got an unbeaten record as temporary Morecambe manager. He took over and we 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 won that one game, didn't we? Yeah, actually, he took over two, but the other one was in the cup, so we forget about that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, oh, yeah. His his league record is one hundred percent. Another one against Leighton Orient. So what? That's record to have that. <laughs> it is hundred percent record. But uh, Baz Baz um, is. Um, well, what would I say? He's not mental, but I'm sure he's talked you through it. His goal he scored against Portsmouth, which, you know, that was, uh, uh, and he looked like he was mental then because the, the entire ground was going absolutely. So you've got a good coach there. Um, so do you ever get in a situation where if Derek said, yeah, go for it, five minutes from five minutes into injury time, would you go up for a corner? Because you are tall, aren't you? 
Well, to be fair, I think five minutes into injury time now is a bit different because you've probably still got another 15 minutes to play. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll rephrase the question. 15 minutes into injury time. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, if um, if the situation arises and obviously they want me want me to go up for it, um, then yeah, by all means, I'll go up there. And uh, I mean, I think a few of the keepers, obviously the young lads as well today, they saw that. I've got the ability to finish a ball as well. We're doing a bit of a session in training today, so you know it, it would be a, it would be a special moment to recreate uh, the history. Uh, you know that that Baz had. I mean, I've, I've heard a I've heard a couple of things about his goal, but he's been he's been pretty humble so far about it. But I'm sure oh, well, I'll, tomorrow, probably, uh, I'll get every single detail of it. And I'm looking yeah, tomorrow tomorrow's the day. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, you've been on the 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 podcast with Fraser and Joel. And uh, it'll be like, oh, did I tell you about my goal? He'll <laughs> be, be pushing coffee tables out of the way, going, what happened was. <laughs> but that, yeah, that, 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 that was in the 92nd minute or something like that, wasn't it, Joel? Yeah, I, I remember. I, I was at university at the time. I was in a band practice room just watching the... Uh, Watching the watching the the, the the kind of updates come up on BBC on BBC websites like what what's going on here ninety plus yeah, two Roach. Barry Rhodes <laughs> is there oh, been some uh, kind of mistake? <laughs> well, that's that's that, that's good because we're, we're live on the podcast. Stuart has admitted that he wants to score because he fancies himself as a finisher, and he's also said live on the podcast that he can run. So the point being is, if their keeper catches it from the corner, he can run back quick. So these yes, are all good I, points. I mean, it's kind of actually more sounding like actually uh, Derek should pop you up front instead of Mellon and you can run him behind to a through ball rather than getting up the end of a corner. <laughs> I, think, I think I'll probably be a bit more of a target man, but yeah, I probably, <laughs> could, uh, probably could press a few few players, but I don't know how many runs I'd actually manage. manage yeah. to, probably do a good cameo at the end, but not sure I'd last the whole 90. You do a David James. Do you remember that David James thing that happened? When uh, oh, what was it? Stuart Pearce popped him up front for the last five minutes of a game that they had to get an equaliser in or something. Yeah, that's right. Very yeah. iconic moment. But um, yeah, no. sorry, complete fuck out what I was going to say. <laughs> you probably think I was a bit of a headless chicken if uh, if you put me up top. I'd just be running around everywhere, but it'd be a uh, be a bit of a laugh for everyone anyway. Hey, listen, we've had plenty of forwards like that. We. we... <laughs> <laughs> No, nobody had noticed. They'd be like, "Who's that in the up front there? <laughs> Is he Peter Crouch?" <laughs> but they, you know, these things happen. So, as, as I pointed out before, obviously, uh, you and Adam, you, 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 I know you, you sort of have a goalkeepers union, and everybody you train with, uh, you sort of, you, I suppose, you have to have a friendly rivalry and get along, don't you? Is that the case with with Barry as your coach and, and Adam as your your co-keeper? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know, everywhere I've been, I've been very lucky. I've got on with all the goalkeepers I've worked with previously. So, I think it it's hard. You, you don't often come across a bad goalkeeper with their attitude and that, but it does happen. But I think at the end of the day, you know, you you've got to stick together because obviously you're with each other majority of the time more than the rest of the players, and um, I think it just makes makes your life one a lot more easier and two a lot more enjoyable because. At the end of the day, it's not the other goalkeeper's fault. You know, if if I wasn't playing and Adam was or vice versa, it's not the other goalkeeper's fault. Obviously, you know, they're just doing everything they can to be the one that plays as you are. So at the end of the day, it's it's the manager that makes the decision. So I've I've always been taught that, you know, if if you you're unhappy with a decision and that, then you go speak to the manager. But as for working with obviously other goalkeepers, you know, they're in the same position you are. So um, I think it can be quite a lonely position at times. So yeah, you just obviously you, you treat them the way you want to be treated, and you know you, you hope that you get that support around you. And you know I've, I've got that from Adam so far, and I've got that from Baz as well. So it's you know I've I've really enjoyed it so far. Well, that's that's good to hear. Um, one one point I want to make is that um, you're you're I know this is kind of crazy, but you're you're quite young for a goalkeeper. Uh, but you're quite old for the Morecambe team. <laughs> well, because I mean, you know, you, you must have turned up and thought, good, first day of training, you must have thought you were in a crash for crying out loud. There's some young lads there, aren't there? There are, to be fair. And it, it's quite weird now because, like you say, I, I am very young for, well, I wouldn't say I'm very young, I'm coming into my prime, but yes. you know, I still feel like one of the young lads. And when you're looking around and you're thinking, you know what, I'm probably one of the more experienced players in here. I'm one of the older players. And it happened when I was at Blackpool as well. And I think that's the first time I really noticed it in my career. And I thought, 
Bloody hell, like I'm one of the oldest here. Like it's it's crazy. I think that's the way football's going now. You seem to get, you know, you still get one or two experienced players, but you know, obviously a lot of uh, a lot of young lads coming through as well. And it's the way a lot of teams are, are sort of going now for the energy and that. But yeah, it was obviously coming in. I'd had a little bit of experience at that at Blackpool, so I sort of knew what what it felt like. But yeah, it still still obviously feels weird that. You know, you sort of walk into that change room, and I think I, you know, I saw a stat the other day. Our front three, the average age was about nineteen, which was yeah, nineteen and a half, yeah, yeah, which is unbelievable. And you know, even the average age for the team, I think it was what like twenty five, twenty six. So yeah, I I think the starting lineup was twenty three and a half against Walsall. Yeah, yeah, which you know, it's crazy to think that obviously that's the age, but obviously how well everyone handles themselves and you know how professional everyone is, is is excellent to see. So uh, there's there's not been anybody like Adam May going. They go to me, Granddad. <laughs> not not just yet. I think uh, I think probably my size as well. I think I don't think too many lads would be that cheeky to me. But I think uh, I'm sure it will come at some point where someone will be brave enough to call me something. But no, I'm I'm, I'm a bit of a gentle giant really with uh, with the rest of my teammates. It's it's a little bit different on a Saturday and a Tuesday when uh, obviously we come up against the opposition, but. Um, yeah, I'm probably one of the more chilled, chilled out ones. So I'm sure at some point they'll be giving me a bit of stick. But yeah, I don't think they've been uh, been too brave yet to to do it. So I, I I always ask this because it usually, obviously, we know it's a, a, a transient lifestyle that you have. Do you have any family member, family member who traipses round? following you at every single club and tries to get to as many games as possible. And I, I say this because, um, like, Jake Taylor's dad is uh, always tries to organise the coach to pick him up somewhere on the motorway because he lives in Crewe. And if we're going anywhere down south, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll text and see if I can get on the coach, you know. Have you got anybody who traipses around following you to what used to come to Barrow, for instance, and then went to Wealdstone and then, you know. To be fair, we both me and my brother have been very fortunate in uh, in the fact that, you know, our mum and dad have, have followed us around everywhere. I mean, they're currently living on the Isle of Wight again at the moment, so they haven't made it to, to any of the games as of yet, but they make it to as many games as they can. So, you know, wherever it is, they've been, they've been to Barrow, they've been to uh, Gateshead, they've been, been everywhere. They followed us all through our career. So, you know, they've always, always supported us. So we're very, very lucky in that respect, but, you know, obviously, when uh, when both me and my brother are playing on the same day, they've got that that difficult decision of who do we go watch. So, um, yeah, it's it, we're very lucky they they get to as many whoever's nearest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So whoever's nearest, they sort of uh, make that decision. But no, I think um, yeah, they get to as many games as they can. But it's obviously a lot harder now that they're on the Isle of Wight currently. So um, obviously, yeah, boat and uh, boat and a long old car drive up. I don't think you can get much further. To be fair. <laughs> No, I was going to say, and if anybody from a car dealership's watching, uh, they, they, this family, they're going to need new cars pretty soon because they all do a lot of driving. Yeah, if anyone us a good deal, that would be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you fancy, Merck, BMW? <laughs> oh, anything. As long as it's a good deal, I don't mind. I'm, I'm not too fussy. <laughs> so, um, what are your hopes and fears for the season now then? Do you, are you happy to establish yourself? Um, looking at the squad and the start we've had unbeaten after two, uh, he said in brackets. Um, we've got some tough games coming up. It, it's a really interesting league this season. Obviously, lots of people putting money on Wrexham, Notts County, Stockport County, uh, who all sort of didn't do what they were expected first game out of the season. What 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 do you expect personally, and what what are you hoping for from a, a team wise? I think, yeah, like you say, it's, it's a difficult league this season. I mean, you know, League Two is always a very difficult league, but, you know, looking at the size of some of the clubs that have, uh, have obviously come up and come down, it's, it's going to be a very challenging season. And like I say, obviously, a few of the clubs that were expected to do well didn't start the best in their first game. But I think at this stage of the season, you can't really look too much into that because, um, you know, teams are still still gelling and, um, you know, it takes it will take time for a few teams. A few will start well and, and fall off a few will sort of start poorly and and you know uh really come alive but i think personally we've we've just got to take it game game by game to start with um get as many points on the board as we can and and see where we go from there um i think personally you know i just want to play as many games as i can this season um obviously you 
your aim is always to play well. But, you know, at times there will be games where you don't play quite so well, but it's obviously how you pick yourself up from that as well. So, yeah, for me, I just want to have a good steady season, play as many games as possible, and hopefully we win win as many games as we can and really push ourselves up there. And uh, I, uh, when your mum and dad come, I, well, there's, I know a nice bed and breakfast they can use, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anything you want to ask, John? Yeah, there's there's one thing I do like to always ask keepers is the the kind of the time old cliche that I think in punditry you don't get much good keep goalkeeping insight, and one of the the tired old tropes that like people like to throw about is shouldn't be beaten at the near post, and I I, I think it's a bit of an oversimplification, you know, that you don't you don't really want to be beaten at any corner, and obviously if you kind of fumble it, it's at your midriff and you fumble it into the net, that's not ideal, but sometimes you know strikers give you, give you the eyes to hit the shot with a lot of power there's a lot of different factors that kind of go into it that don't get get weighed up and uh, I wonder what's, what's your kind of take on think, kind of those kinds of tropes and kind of cliches that get wheeled out when people analyse goalkeepers yeah I think I think it's difficult because obviously you know whenever any goal goes in the first thing people do is look at the goalkeeper which you know the goal could have been stopped maybe at source you know a couple of a uh, couple of moments before it could have been an outfield player it could have been you know the way we were in the shape it could have been how we dealt with uh, having the ball or um but people don't tend to look at that they look at the goalkeeper solely so um yeah like you say I always look at my own performance and if I let in a goal I'm not happy with I'm always disappointed in myself and I know that but um like I say I'm, I'm very critical of myself as well but I think there's times where you know you do just have to hold your hands up and say that it's a great strike you know like you say with the near post one I think the way people hit the ball now is the movement they get on it, the power they get on it. At times, you are going to get beaten there and you can't do anything about it. Like you say, you've got the whole goal to defend and you can't just go, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna stand on my near post because I don't want to get beaten there because you, then you get beaten on the far post. So um, I think it's, it's a very tough one. You know, like I say, there's going to be goals that people are going to go, oh, he could have done better or, you know, he could have done this. And I think that's part of, the mental strength you have to have as a goalkeeper. Um, you've got to be able to block everything out that everyone else says. And, you know, you know yourself deep down whether you should have saved it or not. And there'll be goals that go in, you think, maybe I could have done a little bit better. And there'll be goals that people say you should have done better and you know you've got no chance with. So, yeah, like you say, obviously, every game you go in and you go into, you want to do your best. And no one ever, obviously, means to make a mistake or no one ever means to you know do anything bad but obviously it's going to happen I think you know outfield players if they do it they sort of get away with it because they've always got other players behind them or a goalkeeper behind them I think as a goalkeeper if you make a mistake nine times out of ten probably ten times out of ten it's in the back of your net so I think uh yeah it's, it's a it's a tough position because you have to be so mentally switched on and there's about a million other things that you've got to deal with as well as obviously trying to keep the ball out of the net but Obviously, that is your, your sole job to keep the ball out of the net. So, um, yeah, like you say, there's there's going to be everyone has their different opinions on it. But I know myself, I watch other goalkeepers and think, yeah, look, I feel sorry for you there because obviously I know how it is from, from experience. But when people probably who haven't maybe played the game at that level, um, they wouldn't quite understand on, you know, all these different things that you have to contemplate and deal with. But yeah, I think, like you say, is. It's just something you take on your chin, and you just sort of get on with it, really. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that I think, like you say, there there are a lot of factors that people don't always register. I think so I think what a good example is 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 always what one v ones and things like that. I think uh, there's a lot of you probably you you will be able to speak better about this than me, but like there's a lot of like for something like that, there's a lot of decision making that goes into kind of. Whether how, how quickly you, you rush off your line in a certain occasion, do you stay back? What do you spread yourself? Do you stand your ground? And I think, what, like like you've kind of touched upon, that there's there, there's a lot more than just the save itself. There's a there's there's a thousand little decisions that have gone into and uh, gone into into kind of why you've tried to stop a shot in a certain way. Yeah, hundred percent. I think, like you say, with the with the through balls and the one v ones, you know, there's times where the ball will go through. And it might just miss the striker's feet by maybe a couple of inches or so, which means that you can't come for that ball to start with. 
So people, and then people see it like going towards a box and like, a keeper's got to come for that. And it's like, well, if you come rushing out and he gets a touch on it, you're either bringing him down or you're giving him an empty net. So it's like I say, you get a split second to make a decision and whatever you make that decision, you've got to stick with it. If you're coming, you come full pelt. If you're not coming, you hold back. And at least then it does give you a, you know, a chance to make the save. So like I say, there's loads of different factors that, that go into to that split second decision and you've just got to do what you think's best to obviously to keep the ball out of the net basically. And like like you say, sometimes the striker doesn't always the striker might make a mistake and miss his touch. And yeah. you're not necessarily expecting a striker to make a mistake. You're probably generally going to assume that he's probably going to do something good. So you know there's there's a lot of different fa- kind of tricky things that go into it. And I think as you're talking of different tricky things to try and manage as a goalkeeper, I think I haven't spoken to, to a couple of goalkeepers on, on this podcast be, uh, before and asked about the difference between kind of divi- one of the main things they uh, no, notice about the differences in quality when they play across different divisions. Obviously, yourself, you've played across a lot of, you've kind of gone from championship and non-league, you've, you've really kind of spanned quite a lot of tiers of football. I think one thing that I, I kind of picked out people say, goalkeepers tend to say about the differences in quality is a lot of it you kind of see in the, in the delivery and the set pieces. And just how how wicked and kind of wit there can be when you get to those high levels, and, and is that kind of something that you feel as well? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I've played, like I say, I played all sorts of leagues, uh, non-league. I've played probably from the eighth or ninth tier of football up until the championship. So I've really seen like a lot of different different levels, and I think as you get higher up the levels, the quality becomes better, the pace becomes better. So you have to think quicker because if you don't, other players are thinking quicker. Um, the way they can manipulate the ball, like you say, with uh, with the delivery, with crosses, with free kicks, with shots, you know, not only can they bend the ball differently, uh, they, they've got knuckleball, a lot of them that will come towards you and, you know, the ball may start two yards to your right, it will go two yards to your left and then end up three, right, three, uh, sorry, three yards to your right. It's, it's really difficult to deal with. So I think, like I say, as you go up the levels, players' touches become better, um, finishing becomes better, delivery becomes better. So you have to be a lot clearer in your in your decision-making and your thoughts, um, and you have to do it a lot quicker as well. So I'd say, yeah, that's probably the main difference. Obviously, one, the quality, and two, the pace. That's great. That's really interesting. Thank you. Yeah, back over to you, Freeze. Well, moving on now, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk now about the two upcoming games because obviously before our next podcast next week we've got Mansfield away at Field Mill uh, and then we've got uh, a rather tantalising Knox County uh, at home on Tuesday night um, Mansfield obviously nice of Clough now in his uh, I guess his third and a half three and a half seasons he's been there he's always been a slow builder Joel hasn't he but his, his teams always play a very very similar way they're quite he can be quite pragmatic, but they like to keep it on the ground. And they've got an old boy of ours who's I was always impressed with, Reese Holtz. Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting. I've been just doing a little bit of research on them. I think another thing that Nigel Clough has a bit of habit of doing is, is playing players in slightly bizarre positions and finding creative new roles to players. Sometimes it works great, sometimes it doesn't work so well. That's just the way of things. But Let's be honest. They've got they've got a good squad this season. You know they've got some really good oh, quality. Yeah. They've got people like you know Lucas Aikens and Jordan Murray, kind of players who've been around the game yeah. a lot and really know know what they're doing. Uh, like say Reese Oates, I know apart I think he was injured for a lot of last season. And just hasn't quite been able to get back in his groove. But again, on his day when he's grooving, he's he's a very good player. Davis Keeler Dunn, great player at this level. Uh, and Harkin, another really good player. I'm just looking at their squad now. It's a bit, you know, packed full of good players. Hiram Boateng, James Perch, oh, George Maris. Yeah, lots of really good players. But All right, stop it, stop it. We're yeah, going to yeah, get yeah. At the same time, like I, I'm completely back. You know, I've, I've seen how we played against how we played against Walsall, against Rotherham, and I completely, I, I, you know, I think we've got a really good team and and a really good manager who is probably you know one of the best managers we've seen in the past decade at League Two level, and you know. While yeah, they are very strong. They've you know got, even got people like Aidan Flint in the door at the back. There's no reason that why we can't give them a really good game. We've already shown like Walsall have aspirations to kind of be pushing on the playoffs. Mansfield will as well. We've shown what we can do against sides who have that level of quality. And I think you know hopefully it's something that we can do again again against uh, against Mansfield. 
Yeah, two disappointing results for them, Stuart. And that means nothing at this early stage because obviously we, you don't really they don't get it sorted out till a dozen games gone. But uh, the two all at Crew, I suppose, is uh, is a decent enough. But then a disappointing result against Lincoln in the, in midweek in the Carabao Cup. So from that point of view, they'll want they'll want to be getting out of the uh, out of the traps with their first home game of the season in the league. So there are no easy games, as you've already said. Uh, have we done anything special to combat them, or are, are, are we just expecting to sort of like go there and impose ourselves? Um, like you say, it's it's difficult. This league is a very difficult league, so you know we don't look too much on on their previous results. Yes, they've had a couple of results, but like you say, it, especially at this stage of the season, it doesn't really make a difference because you know they okay they've lost a couple of games, but they're going to want to come out and win even more so now. So they're going to have that drive and that hunger. So. At some point, we'll click for them. Um, and obviously, you know, it's a tough place to go. I played there before. Um, you know, the crowd will be lively. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we just have to focus on ourselves, really. Obviously, we will do tactical work on the opposition, as we have done. Um, we'll do even more tomorrow in preparation for the game Saturday. But at the end of the day, we've got to focus on ourselves as well. So if we play the way we can, then obviously we give ourselves the best the best possible outcome so um yeah we we do focus obviously on on ways to stop them and ways to you know penetrate them but at the same time we have to focus on ourselves and make sure that you know we're ready and we know we play how we can play so yeah like i say i think every every game this season is going to be a tough game uh regardless whether we're home or away because every team we play has a different you know different threat so um yeah we just have to obviously do what we can and uh, yeah, see what happens. And uh, are you are you, uh, are you travelling there on the day? Or are you going overnight tomorrow? Um, I believe we're travelling on the day. Yeah, I'm going to say it's only it's only Nottinghamshire, isn't it? It's only sort of like two and a half hours. So uh, yeah, that's good to hear. You. So that's good. And then we got we got Notts County uh, Tuesday night at home, Joel. Uh, that's quite mouthwatering because they they backed themselves big style with the McGoldrick signing, haven't they? Yeah, and. Uh... I, I do wonder if uh, Dan Crowley will take any pictures of him attending the game and post them on his Instagram or not. <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll be removed as well. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, like you say, you know, I thought well, the, the one the one positive that came out of us getting relegated, well, at the time, was the fact that we didn't have to face David McGoldrick and watch him score a hat-trick against us again. Then, lo and behold, he's come and joined us in League Two. Obviously, you can't quite get enough of uh, missing penalties at the Mizuma Stadium, can he? Uh, but... <laughs> But no, no, he, he's a fan. Obviously, he's a fantastic player at this level, and yeah, very, very dangerous as is Crowley, to be honest. And uh, you know, it'll be challenging, and they'll be, you know, at the end of the day, they'll, they'll be reeling from that Sutton result. I think what that does, that Sutton result does show is, is there is a there is a weakness they have. I know there was the red card as well, but even before the red card, you know, that goal yeah. in the second minute, and and just listening to doing a bit of looking around the game, the, the, the move that led to the goal, it was a, just a direct kind of bit of physicality. Somebody run the channels, win a corner, stick it in. I've won your big men get, get on the end of it. And the rest of their goals as well, they're, they're all kind of crosses into the area, big men getting on yeah. the end of it. People like Harry Smith, massive, massive striker, you know, for, for Sutton. And it does show that there is, that there is a weakness that they can be gotten at. So despite the fact that, yeah, they've got some fantastic quality throughout their team, they're a team that you can get at, and you know, I think there's no as has been said, there's no easy games in this league, but it, that goes for everybody. You know, Notts County. I think you'd, you'd like to think wouldn't be thinking, will be thinking the same thing, and you know, anticipating the threats that that we're going to bring. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's 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 fun bringing the, the teams who spent a bit of money on getting some flashy players in and having them come down from Mazuma. I very much enjoyed it when we were in League One and. Given some teams some hor- given some quite you know expensive teams some horrible games at uh, at home. So hopefully we're we're, we're going to be able to do the same against Notts County on Tuesday. And uh, from a, your point of view, Stuart, you, you, it's easy to get up for games like that. For the simple fact, you know they they're going to bring uh, a whole load of fans. There's going to be a great atmosphere uh, Tuesday night. Uh, Tuesday night in late summer, um, you know. Shorts, t-shirts, few beers before. It's going to be quite raucous, and that's just for players. <laughs> oh yeah, I think uh, I think you look forward to every game really now. Um, 
I think obviously you miss it so much in the summer that when you do eventually get back and like I say, we had a, obviously Saturday, we had the biggest, biggest attendance that the club have had in League Two, I believe. So, um, you know, the, the atmosphere was, was pumping. So, yeah, obviously, like, it's, it's brilliant to play, play these games against the likes of Notts County and, and the big clubs that will be, obviously, you know, bringing plenty of fans. But for me, obviously, you know, I, I don't look too much into that. I just try to take every game exactly the same as it comes, you know, we just, uh, I know I'm going to get a lot of stick off the fans. I always do. Um, you just, you sort of like, you try and enjoy it to some extent and just laugh at them and hope that, you know, for all the stick you get at the final whistle, you can sort of turn around, put your thumb up and say cheers for the three points. But it's, you know, it's it's one of those that as long as you're playing, I think, yeah, it's, it's going to be one to look forward to for sure. Yeah. As long as we, you know, um, I'm not expecting this to win every game. Um, I, I was quietly, quietly confident. We both on last week's podcast said if we stayed injury free and we signed three more players, that we could possibly finish as high as tenth. And uh, you know, off the record, the way we played last Saturday against Walsall, I was thinking <laughs> maybe we're a little uh, less ambitious than we should have been. But again, we've got signings to come. It's been a great early start. Uh, we've got no complaints because obviously, you know, two games, um, one win, one draw. All right, lost on penalties, but yeah. In 90 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Beaten in 90 minutes, that's the way to but, go. But that's, yeah, that's, yes, exactly, that's it. And and the thing that we're taking from tonight is this, you know, this is Stuart's big, this is Stuart's big time now. He's going to grab it with both hands and he's become a legend at the Mazuma for all these penalty saves and extraordinarily, I mean, you know, saves that people didn't even know he made, like that one last Saturday, <laughs> that hit the post and came back out. Nobody, uh, you know, I, 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 a couple of people said to me, I, I think he got out to that. And I said, well, when when Dale said, oh, we've got Stuart Moore, we, we said straight away, right, we'll ask him. We'll ask him. So it's good to know you got a hand on it. You need to go on Twitter going, I got a hand on that. <laughs> You've got to learn to do that. Otherwise, people are like, oh, he was lucky there. <laughs> Oh, he was lucky. No, he wasn't. He got his hand to it. And he was there for a rebound. You know, there will be times when you get a hand to it and it rebounds to a forward. You'll think, ah, bloody hell. But there you go. So, uh, anything from that? Well, yeah, there is something from the trust. I know there is, because obviously it's been quite an interesting week, hasn't it, Joel? Yeah, uh, 650 members uh, for, the, for, for this for this year, which is really good. So, uh, it's beaten last year's total already. I think in our first season in League One, it was somewhere in the 700s. I think we're we're we're, we're on course to beat that. Hopefully, if things keep up, so keep signing up if you if you that's haven't already. Yeah, that's the target. I think long term we, we we want to break the, the the thousand barrier. We might be able to do that this season. Who knows? But yeah, it's just lovely to see that despite relegation, and I think you see it with the with the season ticket sales as well, and despite everything that's gone on with the ownership struggles, it's lovely to see the the fans banding together and showing you know. That we are ultimately stronger together in in, in in these kind of situations. And yeah, it's just really lovely to see that um, you know, fan uptake to, to membership as as well as season tickets isn't isn't really dwindled, despite the fact that we've gone back down to League Two. And yeah, it's been a obviously it's been a trying few months, obviously, with with up with off the pitch stuff, but hopefully we're through the worst of it now. We can just crack on and have a go in League Two and, and make the most of it now. And uh Obviously, the other thing to mention on the trust front is we've got the AGM coming up. That'll be on the 7th of September in the local choice suite. I think it's a 7 o'clock start, but obviously the full details are on social media. We'll put out some emails and stuff about that as well. So, yeah, get down if you fancy. And I think they might... I think we're, we're full... Yeah, we're, everybody's handed in the nominations. She wants to be on the board. And, yeah, hopefully it'll be, it'll be a good night and we'll be able to have a discussion, answer some questions and, yeah, keep, keep everybody as informed as possible. Well, that concludes this second episode of ShrinkNet for this 23-24 uh, season. Thanks to Joel from the Trust and also thanks to Stuart Moore. Stuart, um, I hope you you, uh, you go back to the dressing room and say, oh, you need to go on that. They're all right. There's no problems there. They're really nice. Uh, apart from one or two things, but there you go. Because um, you know we need we need uh, we need an ally in the dressing room, uh, and thankfully we must have been really nice to. We were probably too nice to Faz by the look of it, because he's telling him how nice he was. So um, 
And uh, I'll, I'll look forward to, uh, well, we'll get Faz back on and he can tell us about that 30-yard header that he scored last Saturday because obviously he exaggerates wildly and it'll get further out every time. But I hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for talking to us. Have a great, great season. We hope to get you back on. Uh, maybe if you've made some another extraordinary save that comes back off the post or you save a penalty in an FA Cup tie or, or anything, we, we're, we're checking your progress. I hope you do really well. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I hope you'll, you'll come back again. Yeah, definitely. Really enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure, Charles. Right. Thank you. And say hello to Faz in the morning and uh, say hello to the guys in the dressing room and tell them when Dale asks, yeah, you might as well do that. It's no problem. This has been Shrimpnet. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week when we'll be reviewing the Mansfield, the Notts County and looking forward to the games coming up. Thanks for listening.